This episode is brought to you by Dare to Dream's first official sponsor, and that is me. Gregory Russell Benedict Coaching is sponsoring this episode. And if you want to start taking consistent action towards your biggest dreams, we need to talk. Research shows that simply telling someone else your goals increases the likelihood that you'll accomplish them by 500%. And coaching is the best method and tool I've found for helping you realize your potential. So if you have a dream and you want to do something about it, visit me at www.gregoryrussellbenedict.com and book a free discovery call with yours truly. Welcome back to the Dare to Dream podcast. My name is Gregory Russell Benedict, and this is a podcast all about inspiring you to embark on the adventure of your life. Now, what the heck does that even mean? It means we want you to listen to this podcast and go out there and start something. Start a company, start a podcast, start a relationship, start a conversation. We want you to listen to this podcast, get fired up, learn a couple things, and go apply it in your life at the smallest or biggest scale. Whatever we can say in this podcast to inspire you, to challenge you, to encourage you, to support you, to shift your mindset about something, that is what we are all about here at the Dare to Dream podcast. Today, as you can see, it is a solo episode and it's going to be a bit of a random episode. I'm going to jump through a lot of the things that I've been learning, that I've been talking about this week to myself and others. And we are going to dive straight into it, starting with confidence. Confidence is this thing that everyone talks about. What is confidence? Well, confidence comes from two Latin words, con and fidra. And its literal definition is with intense trust. Confidence is having intense trust in yourself. You earn confidence by doing the things that you say you're going to do. And in my opinion, the number one result of confidence is more self-love. When you start doing the things that you say you're going to do on a consistent basis, you can trust yourself. And trust is such a key component of love for all of those people out there listening in a relationship. You know this. And why would it be any different with ourselves? If we know we aren't going to do the things that we say we're going to do, we'll skip the important parts. We'll skip the important tasks. And that leads to beating yourself up, rationalizing, all of the negative things. And if I had one, one message to share from this podcast episode and also from this podcast, it would be do the things that you say you're going to do. Your life will get better externally. Your life will get better internally. Your relationships will improve with other people. But most importantly, your relationships will improve with yourself. Hopefully just one relationship unless you have schizophrenia and have multiple personalities. Next, we're going to talk about gratitude and humility. These are two things that are talked about a lot, but what is meant by both? So gratitude is a little more self-explanatory. It is being thankful for the things that you have, the things you've been given, the things that exist in the world. You can be grateful for the trees and the lakes and the fish. You don't necessarily have to have ownership of them to be grateful. And in my own life, implementing a gratitude practice has paid huge dividends. My own gratitude practice is super simple. I didn't invent it. I took it from someone else. Simply writing five things down every day that I am grateful for and why. Multiple things go into this. Finding a new thing every day, 
I try and find a new thing and writing why I'm grateful for it. I am grateful for this shirt because it's comfortable and XYZ. It's really important to include the why you're grateful for something. At least in my own experience, that makes it a lot more powerful. And so you write down five things that you're grateful for and why. And then you read through them. And at the end of them, you say, thank you. Now, a cool fact about gratitude that has been hammered to death in the personal development industry. So if you've heard this before, I'm sorry. If you haven't heard this before, it'll blow your mind. There is a part of the brain called the reticular activating system. This is essentially your brain's filtering mechanism. It's the reason why when you decide that you want to get a new car, you want a gray Toyota Tacoma, you start seeing hundreds of gray Toyota Tacomas around. You start noticing noticing them everywhere. And it's not that there are more of those cars on the road now. It's simply that you have told your brain that this is now important information and your brain will let it in versus in the past, it was filtering all of the cars out as just being cars. It wasn't important to you. So when you start doing a daily gratitude practice, you're doing two things. One, you're telling your brain that gratitude is important. And two, you're telling your brain to start looking for more things, start letting more things through the filter that you are grateful for. And you will notice how many things in your life you can find immense, deep gratitude for by doing this practice. Now, let's bring in a little more science. Robert Emmons, he's a psychologist and a professor. He says that the number one obstacle to gratitude, the thing that gets in the way of us feeling thankful for our lives, our relationships, for everything, is entitlement. Entitlement is believing that the world owes you something. And if you think about it, when you feel like something or someone owes you something, you're not going to feel grateful if and when you get it. So the remedy to entitlement is humility. As I mentioned, we're talking about gratitude. We're talking about humility. What is humility besides being humble? There's two things I want to say about humility. The first is what C.S. Lewis said about humility is that true humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. You don't have to self-deprecate your ego to the point where it doesn't exist anymore to be humble. You simply focus your attention on other people more than you focus your attention on yourself. Another way to think of humility is through one of my favorite proverbs. It's a Maori proverb that goes, the sweet potato does not say how sweet he is. And what this means is that you don't need to go around telling people how good you are at X or how much you succeeded at Y. It's this idea of self-nomination where you're having to hype yourself up, promote yourself, promote yourself versus being so good that people notice you. That is a concept, an idea that I aim for in my life all of the time. Get so good at something that people can't help but notice you. Don't go around telling people that you're the best at this thing. Moving to the next concept for today is an interesting one. It's what we can learn about hope from drowning rats. So I'm going to talk about briefly a rather horrendous experiment, but it has an uplifting takeaway. So stay with me. Don't get too freaked out. And this comes from a study that was done in the 1950s, of course, when animal cruelty did not seem to be a thing yet. And it was done by a professor at John Hopkins named Kurt Richter. Kurt wanted to study the role that hope plays in survival. 
And so he started doing what every young serial killer does. He started killing animals. He would place rats in a bucket of water and measure how long it took for them to give up swimming and drown. Horrible. But here is what he found. On average, the rats that he put in the water would swim for about 15 minutes before drowning, before taking a permanent vacation to Davy Jones' locker. But here is where things get wild. He started saving some of the rats. The rats would be swimming, they'd get tired, they'd be about to give up and drown, and he would pick them up out of the water, he would dry them off, he would let them recover, and then he would put them back in the water, and instead of going for maybe another 15 minutes, the rats survived for 60 hours. 15 minutes versus 60 hours, that's 240 times as long. And the conclusion from this horrific study is that when you either get rid of hopelessness or you inject hope into the equation, we and rats get superpowers. So what this means in your life is that if you can create hope, if you have some hope that your future is going to be better than it is now, that's, that's what hope is. The definition is hope is the belief that your future will be better than your present. If you have hope, you can conquer impossible odds. If you don't have hope, if you feel like you are hopeless and that things aren't going to get any better, you will not be able to sustain your activity levels. You will not be able to sustain yourself. And it is so important from this study to make sure that you always have hope. And if you don't have hope, take a step back and find a way to create some level of hope for the future. Because if you end up in a state of hopelessness, you are screwed. Next, we're going to move to a really short concept, the win or learn mindset. We've all heard win-lose. We've all heard win-win. I've never heard win or learn. And this is really interesting because you either win, which is a good thing, or you learn from losing. And since learning is such a good thing, it could be considered that learning is winning. So every situation can be win-win. So it's win or learn. Learning is winning. Therefore, win-win. Super short. It's been helping me a lot this week. Next thing I want to talk about is this idea of closing your eyes and fast forwarding to the end of your life. And imagine that you are at your funeral. You're at your funeral and you are listening to people say things about you. What do you want people to say about you at your funeral? For me, when I reflect on this, it's that Gregory was kind. He was up for anything. He was bold. He was present. And he genuinely cared. And the reason I'm sharing this exercise is because I've been thinking about what my intention is going to be for 2024. And for some reason, I was feeling like my intention for 2024 was to be useful. I was really landing on this word because I want to help people. I want to be of service. Useful sounded sort of right. But when I put it through this lens, I realized that useful was very wrong. When I'm, I mean, I'm going to be at my funeral, I'm going to be dead. But if I were at my funeral and I was alive, hearing someone say that I was useful, that just doesn't hit the same as saying that I was caring, that I was helpful, that I was loving. And so take a moment, close your eyes, think about what you want people to say about you at the end of your life, and take those things and start living your life in accordance with them. If you want people to say that you were honest, stop telling lies. If you want them to say you were brave, turn up the boldness in your life. 
you can use these virtues as things to aim at. So it's turning virtues into goals of being versus just the goal of making X amount of money or getting this shiny new car. And that leads us perfectly into the next point, which is this tension between being and doing. I think about it a lot. And in the past, I've thought about it as an either or proposition that you're either focusing on who you're being in the moment, your presence, your posture, how you're showing up in the world, or you're focusing on your doing. But what I'm realizing is that they're not mutually exclusive. They're not mutually exclusive because whenever you go to do something, who you are being, the human being that you are, also shows up. So you don't need to reinvent your human hardware. You just need a software update. One that brings more intention to the care and actions you are taking. This is something I'm constantly remembering. Who you are being is equally as important as what you are doing. And they, they layer on top of each other. It's not either I'm being or I'm doing. Again, they're layered. It's together. It's not mutually exclusive. And this leads me into my last point for today. Still around being. Most people think, I want to have this thing. So I have to go out there and I have to take this action. I have to do something. And then maybe once I have all of these things and I've done all of these actions, that I'll be happy. But we're going to flip it on its head. And instead of it being have, do, be, we're going to say be, do, have. So first, figure out who you want to be. This is one of the most important questions you can ask yourself anytime, but especially as we go into 2024. Who do you want to become? What kind of person do you want to be? Figure that out. And then you simply ask yourself, what would that person do? Once you've figured out who you want to be, ask yourself, what would that person do? And then consistently go do those things. You consistently go do those things. And then soon you'll have all of the things you wanted. You'll have the outcomes. You'll have the fulfillment. Focus on who you're being. It'll inform what you're going to do. You'll end up having the things you want. That's it for today. Hope you enjoyed this random episode of the thoughts churning around in my mind. As I mentioned in the beginning, take action on this episode. If something you heard resonated, go take action on it. Go do something in your life. Move some part of it forward. Read something, share something, talk to someone else. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. That is the only way we're going to grow the episode. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Love you guys.